Yo, everybody. Good afternoon. It's Steph. It is the 9th of February, 2023. I hope you are having a great day, a great afternoon. I just uh, wanted to shake loose some of the oh challenging literary cobwebs of working on my new novel. I just did, uh, uh, I don't know, a <laughs> close to two-hour editing session, and I wanted to shake loose. It's a, it's a pretty dark story. It's the darkest thing I've written since my novel about the start of the Second World War called Almost, which you can get for free at almostnovel.com, but uh, I just wanted to jump in. And I guess, shake loop the cobwebs, talk about something. I don't know, Seth, I found this interesting. So apparently, apparently, I'm going from depth to, well, I guess just a different kind of depth, but the story is, shockingly, one Monsieur L. DiCaprio, good old Leo, Leo the Lion, Leonardo DiCaprio, has dumped his latest girlfriend, and you know the famous graph, he dumps women who get to be 25 years old, and now he's dating a 19-year-old, who's, of course, you know, as you can imagine, uh, quite, quite the stunner and all of that. And uh, people, a lot of uh, people are really mad about this. A lot of women in particular are really mad and upset about this. I guess the question is, I think it's an interesting question, I think it's an interesting question, why are women so mad about this? Why are they mad at Leonardo DiCaprio who's, I guess, he's not exactly my age, but he's in his 50s, I suppose. And why are they mad at him dumping all of these uh, women to date uh, these, these younger women? What's, what's, the, what's up with that? It's troubling, right? It's deeply troubling to women. And listen, I, I'm going to understand all of that. I absolutely am going to understand all of that. And we're going to sort of talk about it and figure out how we, can, uh, how we can explain it. Of course, a lot of women, particularly older women, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was really quite the crush for women. Uh, in particular, of course, because of his work on the movie Titanic, where he spent a year like a guppy sloshing around in a giant water pit, still beats being some skinny, skinny blue-haired, <laughs> blue, blue-bodied freak. But he was quite the sex symbol for women, uh, and women of a certain age at this point. So the women who sort of fell in love with him I think he's, what, he's 51, 52, something like that. He's a little younger than me. So the women who fell in love with him are noticing that he is dating these, these younger women. He's not dating mature women. He's not dating older women. He's dating younger women. And in other words, as a fairly good-looking, still-retained-his-hair, slightly chunky uh, movie star, and obviously multi-zillionaire, he has his pick of women. He can get just about any woman he wants, who's single or whatever, maybe, maybe even some who aren't. So he has all of these women to choose from, and who does he choose? He chooses young, beautiful women. Now, that's interesting, because this is an example of a man who has a choice. Now, very few men have a lot of choice when it comes to dating. When they're younger, they may have choice because they're really good-looking or something like that, but they don't have a lot of money, usually. They don't have a lot of resources, and so... They're, you know, maybe they're like a hedonistic, uh, uh, artsy guy living in a loft somewhere, but they don't have a lot of choice when it comes to women. So Leonardo DiCaprio is in the same place that an attractive young woman is in the world as a whole. He's in a position of choice. He can choose just about any woman, just about any woman will say yes, at least to, to dating him. So he is, again, I will reiterate this, he is in the same position that most attractive young women are in, in terms of the amount of people, or the amount of opposite-sex people who will say yes to his advances. And this is troubling to women, because when they see a man 
who has choice, when they see a man they find really attractive and that man has choices, well, who does he choose? Does he choose a woman of maturity? Does he choose a woman of wisdom? Does he choose a woman of virtue? Does he choose a woman of character? Does he choose a woman who is an accomplished executive or a lawyer or, you know, no. He chooses hot, young women. Now, that's really tough because, of course, women are told what men find attractive. <laughs> You'll notice they're not exactly told by men <laughs> what men find attractive. Women are told by others what men find attractive. And women are sort of tempted with this vanity thing. And we're all tempted with the vanity thing. I understand. I'm not criticizing women. Just we're all tempted. But I think men know a little bit better. So women are tempted by this vanity thing. And the vanity thing is what men will find attractive is what I find attractive, right? So men, what, what men will find attractive is what I find attractive. Well, I find a guy who's really ambitious, who's really confident, who's really together, who's really successful, who makes a lot of money, who's, who's, who's achieved great things in career, who's highly educated. I find that attractive, and therefore, that's what men will find attractive. And this weird thing where men and women are just supposed to be kind of the same, it's very strange to me. It's a very strange thing. Of course, if men and women were the same, we wouldn't have a species to begin with. In fact, life would not exist at all, except maybe at the very primitive mitosis or meiosis stage. So here's a man with choice that many women find attractive, like enormously attractive. He was quite the sex symbol. And who does he, um, who does he want to date? And what this does is it puts a real crack in the ideology this highly attractive, highly desirable man is clearly broadcasting. Now, this is not what all men want. I understand that. But he is broadcasting a man's preferences. Now, they can't just dismiss him as a creep and so on. I mean, I guess some of them do. But they can't just dismiss him as a creep. Because, again, women have uh, lusted after Leo for uh, most of their adult lives. So they can't just dismiss him as a creep. Because if he's a creep, then they've lusted after a creep, which means that they don't know how to distinguish a creep from a nice guy, and they won't usually sacrifice their vanity on that particular altar. So they have to say, there's something deeply troubling, upsetting, and annoying about this. Because the man with the most choice, like he's man with one of the most choices in the world, right? the, the guy with the super Battlestar Galactica yacht who lectures other people about consuming nature's scarce resources... <laughs> It's also funny, but it's just the price of fame. You have to parrot this nonsense if you want to get work in, in the arts field. It's just tragic, but, but, but foundational to the, the poisoning of the culture. So they, they can't just dismiss him. They can't just call him a creep. And he's clearly broadcasting what men want. Now, again, I don't want to put men into a big blob, but when I say what men want, I don't mean what all men want. But what he, this highly desirable man who has the most choice in the world, what he wants is not and highly accomplished, highly successful, highly career-driven, highly wealthy, clawed her way up the professional ladder, highly educated. He doesn't want that. So he's clearly signaling to women what men want. And what do men want? Young, beautiful women. <gasps> now, of course, women know that deep down. Of course they know it deep down. Otherwise, if, if women didn't know that men wanted young, beautiful women, they wouldn't take such pains and efforts and turn themselves sometimes into potato clowns like Madonna in order to try and look younger and harder than they are. There wouldn't be such a thing as slimming clothes or Botox or makeup or hair dye or any of these things which women use to try and look younger. So he's simply completely affirming, or I guess reaffirming because it's going on in their own brains anyway, he's just completely reaffirming what women know, what men know, but which the culture simply denies. I mean, the culture at the moment 
is really kind of obsessively focused on just making women as miserable as humanly possible, making them as unattractive, as unappealing, as humanly possible, which is why, as the culture has drifted in its direction for the last couple of decades, every single decade, women end up more and more and more unhappy. And the women who are the most unhappy tend to be white women post-war, right, post-fertility, right, early mid-40s plus, the most antidepressants, the most reported misery. This is where the Karen phenomenon comes from. So there's a real mess here. There's a real mess here. Women don't ask as a whole what men want. Women as a whole don't ask what men want. And that's because, of course, when women are younger, right, they're in they're in very, very high demand. So in a sense, they don't really need to ask what men want because what men want is them. But then they're told, well, what men really want is the opposite of you. What men really want, you see, men are biologically drawn to young, beautiful women. And I'm not saying that Leonardo DiCaprio is operating much above the level of mere biology. But yeah, men, obviously, men with resources and men with a choice are drawn to young, beautiful women. You know, your daddy's rich, and your mama's good-looking, as the old song goes, right? Men are drawn to young, beautiful women. So what are women told men find attractive? What's appealing? Well, go to school, go to college, get your career started, and then start looking for a man in your 30s. Huh. So men are drawn to young, beautiful women, and women are told, look in your 30s to settle down with a man. (laughs) Bad call. Bad idea. Women are told that they don't need to be beautiful. In fact, submitting to the beauty standard, the beauty myth, is a subjugation to patriarchal blah, 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 right? All this nonsense. So, yeah, cut your hair short. You don't wear makeup. Doesn't matter if you're fat. Doesn't matter if you don't exercise. Doesn't matter if you don't look appealing. Doesn't matter if you're not, right? Nice. In fact, to be nice is to be subjugated and be a 50s stepford wife drone. So be aggressive, be manly, be punchy, be disagreeable, be argumentative, fight back uselessly on every single thing, the man says. So be older and don't be beautiful. Men like agreeable women. Now, agreeable doesn't mean agrees with you about everything all the time. That's just ridiculous. That's just a non-personality. But men obviously like women who like men. (laughs) Oh, oh, shocker. Everybody take a seat. Everybody step back. Kiss yourself. James Brown style. Men like women who like men. (laughs) Of course. Of course they do. Agreeable simply means not programmed to dislike masculinity. It means the potential to be in accordance and not have a knee-jerk hostility towards whatever the man says. So men like young, beautiful, agreeable women. Now, the agreeable, and of course, women like agreeable men. In other words, a man who's not just going to disagree with everything the woman says just because she's a woman. That's just a recipe for misery. It's a solitude, right? It's a recipe for torture because we're social animals, right? We're dogs, not cats. We're social animals. We need people. We need spouses. We need families. We need kids to be happy in general. I mean, there's exceptions, but this is in general. We need all of this stuff. Solitude is as bad for you as smoking a pack of cigarettes a day or something like that. Solitude is semi-fatal, produces extraordinary high levels of misery, often addictive behavior, desperate behavior. So when you program women in particular against having the characteristics that encourage pair bonding, you are programming women, and, and women more so than men, I think, a little bit. You're programming women for torture. You're torturing women, torturing people, torturing women as a whole. To be young, 
to be beautiful, to be agreeable. Now, agreeable also means enjoyable to talk with, have good conversation topics. Now, of course, what is the major conversation topics that's pushed on university, uh, pushed on women in university? Well, that conversation topic is uh, men are patriarchal scum who run the world and denigrate women every chance that they get. Well, that's not a fun conversation to be in. <laughs> that's not a fun conversation to be in. Why would you want to be in that conversation? Why would you want to expose yourself to that kind of rancid misandry, right? Hatred of men. I mean, why? There's no... Life's too short, right? To get involved in that kind of stuff. And it's one of these, you know, really terrible situations where if you... Okay, men, are, men are patriarchal scum, okay? Here's arguments against that. Oh, arguing against that is just reaffirming that men are patriarchal scum, <laughs> right? There was actually a scum manifesto in the 60s, Society for Cutting Up Men. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Go look it up. I think one of the women involved shot Andy Warhol, if I remember rightly. But yeah, it's crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Society for Cutting Up Men, I think, just generally became circumcision as a whole. So a woman who's fun to chat with, positive, friendly, young, beautiful. That's what men are drawn to. Because that's what signifies pair bonding, the potential for pair bonding. And of course, women are told, what are they told? I remember this from Sheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In or whatever it was, right? Oh, you, you know, go have affairs, go travel and right. So women are generally encouraged to uh, experiment, to, to sleep around. But men, we know that deep, we know deep down, and the, the data on this is very clear, divorce is dictose dependent. The more men she's been through, or have been through her, I suppose, the higher likelihood of divorce, and divorce is, you know, a life-destroying situation for men for the most part, in general. Be argumentative, be difficult, be negative, be critical, be hostile, be a nag, be older, be overweight, and have a lot of sexual partners. Well, that's... Uh, oh, also, uh, be, be wealthy, be successful, have a hard-driving alpha male career. This is all unappealing. Now, as, if, as a man, if you don't want to have kids and you don't want to, or, and, or you don't want to raise your own kids, the career stuff's not much of a negative. Right, the woman's making two hundred grand a year, quarter million dollars a year, some hard-driving executive or whatever, some big lawyer, doctor, or whatever. If you don't want to raise your own kids or you don't want to have kids, that's not such a bad deal. But if you do want to raise your own kids, well, that's a huge negative. It's a huge negative. I can't emphasize this enough. For any rational man, a very high-earning woman, if you want to raise your own kids or want her to raise your kids, it's a huge negative. Because if you marry a woman making a quarter million dollars a year and she stays home to raise your kids, well... You're going to lose that quarter million dollars a year, and she's going to lose it. She's going to be more reliant upon your income. She's going to have high resource requirements because she's used to making so much money, so you're going to have to work like a dog, like a chained Egyptian dog to provide for this materialism. And, of course, the same thing happens to men, right? What are, what are, what are men told, right? Be super sensitive. Be supportive. Be low testosterone. Well, be what you find, in a sense, more appealing in a woman, right? The women are told, well, be what you like in men and it'll work out. And the men are often told, be what you like in a woman and it'll work out, except it won't. That kind of feminine behavior is a one-way ticket to the friend zone. Men and women want different things because we have very different investments in reproduction, in child raising. We have different cost-benefit strategies at different parts of our lives. So monogamy from the age of 20 onwards to, to death, monogamy benefits men and women at different stages. Monogamy benefits men when women are young because women have many opportunities for multiple partners because just about any man would want to be with a young, beautiful woman, right? So monogamy benefits the men when the women are younger 
And monogamy benefits women when the men get older. Because from 20 to 40, let's say you raise a gaggle of kids, 20 to 45, 45 or whatever, then the man has as an evolutionary strategy, a very sensible evolutionary strategy, which is to dump his wife and start again with a young woman. And the young woman will be drawn to him because he has a proven record of gathering resources. He's already raised kids. And so monogamy benefits men when women are in high demand, and monogamy benefits women when men are in high demand. When women are no longer fertile, but men still are. When women don't have resources, financial resources, but men do. So that pendulum swing. When you say to young women, oh, but monogamy is oppressive. It's like, yeah, I get that. Because you have so many options, right? I mean, if you're in high demand, but you can only work one job, it seems oppressive. Limiting your options. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it makes sense to me. But that's because the middle-aged problems for women, where women are uh, older, they're infertile, and a man has his, has his reproductive strategy, and it's like not super uncommon. Man to have a second family, divorce, have a second family. Right? Sometimes it even happens simultaneously. <laughs> so with Leonardo DiCaprio, man with resources gravitates to young, I assume, agreeable. And again, agreeable doesn't mean agreeing with everything, but just liking men in general and having positive things to say and not being a nag and a scold and bitter and negative and hostile and like, like, nobody, who wants that? <laughs> you, might, you might take that for a weekend, but you're not taking that for a lifetime. So men are being programmed into being unattractive. Women are being programmed into being unattractive. Leonardo DiCaprio appears fairly masculine. Certainly he's masculine in flaunting some significant cackling witch disapproval from the Karens of the world and just dating the young, beautiful women that he obviously is drawn to. So he's fairly masculine that way. He's fairly alpha. He's obviously great success. In his, I mean, one of the greatest and most successful actors around, I think second only to Matt Damon and the amount of money he brings in per movie, so good for him. But it really takes a hammer to ideology, right? Like, oh, he just likes these young women because they're inexperienced and don't argue with him. It's like, well, yeah. <laughs> See, women in general don't like, actually quite drawn to argumentative men as long as they don't argue too much at home because an argumentative man is going to fight for resources out there in the hurly-burly with other men and other women bringing home the cheddar for the family, bringing home the bacon. Whereas in the Bible, you know, as it says, has a lot of wisdom in the Bible, it says it's better to live on the corner of a roof than in a house with a disputatious woman, with an argumentative woman. And if you've ever lived with an argumentative woman, uh, you will uh, deeply feel in the remnants of your gonads what a foundational truth that is. So the man with the most choice is clearly signaling to women what men like. What do men like? Now, of course, there's this ridiculous double standard. It's kind of boring to talk about that when Demi Moore plucks a much younger man from the herd, well, that's just empowering, and she's expressing herself, and it's a healthy expression of her sexuality. So, I mean, that's all kind of boring and predictable, and, and it's not really even really worth commenting on, just this sort of double standard. But this gives a great shiver to women. Now, the other thing, of course, that this reveals, and this is a great fear for women, right? It's a great fear for women. And if you want to understand this fear for women as a man, just understand what it would be like if the only way you could get friends, you felt, uh, and you were super rich, right? You're multi-decabillionaire or whatever, right? You're super rich. And the only way that you could get friends to hang out with you is if you paid for lavish vacations, lavish parties, rented yachts, and all of that. That the only way you could get your friends to hang out with you was by spending a lot of money. Well, you'd be deeply terrified of what your life would be like if you didn't spend that large amount of money to get your friends to come hang out with you. Are they here for me? Or are they here for the money? 
how much parasailing do I have to invest in to get friends to hang out with me for the weekend? If I say to my friends, I text my friends and say, hey, I've rented this yacht with a DJ and there's going to be fireworks and celebrities come hang out with me tonight. And they're all like, yeah, come on, man. That sounds super cool. You're the best. Okay, well, are they coming to hang out with you or are they coming to have this cool yacht fireworks celebrity DJ thing? The big, big question, right? And it would be kind of addictive. In other words, the more that you spent money on your friends, the more you'd be terrified of not spending money on your friends, right? Because if you were to say, hey, man, just, just hang out and, uh, you know, let's all chip in to order a pizza and just hang and chill and chat, right? And your friends would be like, oh, man, I'm sorry, I'm busy, right? Especially if they were also friends with other rich people who'd be willing to spend a lot of money on them. Hey, man, I've rented a private jet. Let's fly to Aruba. Or, you know, come hang out. We'll split some pizza and, and chat, right? People would go for the Aruba thing for the most part, right? If you were part of a circle that were all competing for friends with lots of money and extravagance, right? So you understand that would be kind of tortuous, right? You'd want to be, you'd want to have friends who liked you for who you were, and you would eventually resent your friends for constantly spending, having to spend money on them. So many, many, many years ago, I got a friend zoned by a woman that I wanted to date. And I was paying when we went out, right? And I did it a couple of times. But at some point, you know, we, we ate a meal and the bill came and I just stared at her. It's like, your turn. And she was right, <laughs> kind of confused. I was like, well, we're not dating. So your turn, right? It's a, it's a little shocking, right? It's a little shocking. So all of that stuff is important to understand. For women, if Leonardo DiCaprio who's got just about the most choice of any man on the planet, if Leonardo DiCaprio wants a young, hot girl, then the, the, the assumption, and it's, a, I think, a reasonable assumption to make. It's not proven. It's a reasonable assumption. The reasonable assumption is this. Well, if the, most, if the guy with the most choice basically just wants to have sex with young, beautiful women, then there's this great fear among women that the men only like them for sex. I mean, he's not getting together with these girls to talk about Kierkegaard or... A feminist intersectional theory. And look, I'm sure they're nice young women. I'm sure that they're intelligent. I'm sure that they're decent conversationalists and so on. But he's together with them, I assume, for sex with young, beautiful uh, women, right? And this puts a deep chill through the hearts of men, uh, of women, sorry. Deep chill doesn't put a deep chill through the hearts of men. puts a hot flash through the loins of men. But he puts a, it puts a deep chill through the, the hearts of women because every woman has to look in the mirror and say... It's the most appealing thing to me for men, sex. Do men like me or pretend to like me just for sexual access? Just as if you're a man spending a huge amount of money on your friendships, do they only hang out with me because I spend money on them? Is, the, is what my friends like about me the most my money? Right? That's, a, that's a tough thing for men to look at. And the reason I put in that you're competing for friends with a bunch of other people who will lavish money on your friends when women are out there in the world... And they're trying to figure out whether to allow sexual access or not. They know that they're competing with a lot of other women who will allow sexual access. And the men will gravitate towards sexual access rather than qualities of character. A lot of times, not always and not permanently. And you probably don't want the men who do that. But that is where they drift, where they head. Am I only of value because of sex? Do men only pretend to like me? Do men only pretend to love me? Do men only pretend to care for me because of sex? Now, if a woman has concerns about that, the great tragedy is in general, I believe, she won't really enjoy her sex life because it will always, like any more than you would enjoy spending your money on your friends if you felt that they were only there for the money and not because they liked you at all, but just because you 
bought them things or paid for experiences or something like that, right? You would resent your money, you would resent your friendships, and you would get increasingly aggrieved and frustrated and angry. And this is the general slide into things that characterizes the, 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 the quote, Karen, right? Uh, this is an angry, bitter, frustrated, middle-aged woman, usually single, right? So I think that's, and, and that's another aspect. I think the last aspect, of course, is that Leonardo DiCaprio was a child star in Hollywood, and I guess mostly in, in TV. I think he was on some sitcom or something like that, but he was a child star. And, you know, we see, you read, you know, depending on how strong your stomach is, you can see and read about some of what happens to child stars in good old Tinseltown. And so his capacity to pair bond, his capacity to settle down, his capacity to recognize quality, his capacity to grow and mature would, I assume, be somewhat compromised by what may or may not have happened to him as a, a child star. And uh, for that, of course, he has my deep, uh, deep sympathy. And uh, of course, I hope that he will, if, if anything bad did happen to him, and I would imagine that it did, I, I don't know for sure, obviously, that he would seek out the proper help for that. But yeah, that's, that's tough. So women getting upset and angry at Leonardo DiCaprio dating all of these young girls, I think is quite revealing. And uh, sorry, one more, one more thing that I will say about this, which is that Leonardo DiCaprio is not doing much good for our culture. And I don't just mean his mostly trashy movies, but in dating these young girls, I mean, he's kind of wrecking them for the future, right? I mean, if you've been dating Leonardo DiCaprio for a year or two or three or whatever, you know, 20, 22 to 25, whenever they go off the cliff for him, if you've dated Leonardo DiCaprio for six months, a year, two years or whatever, uh, yeah, well, good luck being the next boyfriend, right? Good luck being the next boyfriend. So he's kind of going through these women like a combine harvester, right? The sweet fruit <laughs> comes out uh, in, in shards and shreds on the other side of the machinery. So he's greedy in this way, and he's satisfying his own, obviously, baser impulses, I believe, but at the expense of the future of these girls. And he then raises the standards for other girls. You know, one of the things that happens when you get, uh, this is true of the sort of quote dating coaches, I did a video on one of these women a couple of days ago, is they said, don't you settle for less, you, 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 you know, you, you, what, you, what you expect is what you will get. And it's like, no, 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 this is so destructive. Uh, women, of course, are very hungry for the don't ever lower your standards and, and hold out for Mr. Right and hold out for Mr. Perfect and hold out for Mr. Big. And it's like, no, that's a really bad idea for the vast majority of people. It's a terrible idea for the vast majority of people. Don't ever settle. No, no, no. Settle. <laughs> Absolutely. Completely and totally settle. I mean, it's like some movie star making $10 million a movie saying to everyone who wants to be an actor, don't ever settle. Don't, don't take any jobs until you're getting paid $10 million a movie. And it's like, well, that's a surefire way to not end up having any success as an actor. Can you imagine? It's your first, you know, potential acting role. You pass the audition, you say, I'm going to need $10 million. Yeah, bye-bye, right? Of course you should settle. Everybody has to settle. A holdout for Mr. Perfect? I mean, I don't want to say that women are bad at math, but mathematically it's completely ridiculous, right? If Mr. Perfect is one guy in a thousand, and a thousand women are supposed to hold out for Mr. Perfect, it means 999 of them are going to be miserable, assuming that Mr. Perfect even settles down with the one woman out of a thousand. He may not, because he's got so many options, right? So there's this weird... I mean, I made fun of this many years ago with The Secret, right? The Secret is, you're hot. 
and therefore it's not re- it's not, not the universe giving you resources it's men giving you resources because you're hot right throwing resources at you in the hopes of gaining attention and monogamy maybe sexual access whatever right so when very pretty women say to women as a whole well, I'm a dating coach, and you just shouldn't settle, you know, just hold out for a number one, hold out for the best, for the very best man. It's like, no, 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 don't do that. <laughs> don't do that at all. Don't do that at all. Like Freddie Mercury is saying, well, you shouldn't sing until you can fill a stadium. It's like, well, then you're just not going to fill a stadium, and you're not going to ever make it as a singer. Of course you should settle. Now, all of these are not even great analogies, because you can continue to upgrade uh, over the course of your career as a whole, right? So... This idea that you just you shouldn't settle, man. Don't don't settle. Hold out for what you deserve. Hold out for number one. It's like you can't, you can't possibly, mathematically, expect to get the very top tier of men. You can't do it. I mean, every I think men understand this. At least they did when I was younger. Every man understands this. And you start at the top, and you work your way down until a woman says yes. I guess a girl back then, right? You start at the top. And you work your way down until a woman says yes. And that's where you are on the pecking order. And that's fine. That's perfectly natural. It's perfectly healthy. And if you want to get better quality partners, then you have to become better yourself. It's not just this weird magical expectations, right? Yes, Leonardo DiCaprio can, in his 50s, can approach a 19-year-old model and get her to go out with him. Sure, almost for certain, right? Now, if Leonardo DiCaprio said, well, it's just all about confidence and it's all about expectations, and it's, it's like, well, no, but you have to be a reasonably good-looking guy worth mega millions, uh, universally famous worldwide with a giant yacht and all of this nonsense, right? It's not just, well, you know, I just approach women with a certain attitude. It's like, dude, you're Leonardo, you're Leonardo DiCaprio, for God's sakes. Women were fantasizing about rescuing you from icy waters 30 years ago. I mean, don't, t- don't tell me about this attitude. You just got to raise your standards. It's like, well, no, the reason that you can have high standards is because you're Leonardo da freaking Caprio, which is fine. I guess good for you. Again, bad for society as a whole and bad for you in the long run, for sure. But if Leonardo DiCaprio opened up a How to Date Supermodels website and just said, well, you know, all you have to do is raise your standards and blah, 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 rather than, I don't know, maybe you should just become a mega famous actor worth tens of millions or hundreds of billions of dollars and and then you can date whoever the hell you want, right? And so when the women say, well, you know, you just have to have high standards, like the pretty women, right? The pretty girls say, well, you just have to have high standards like me. And when you have high standards, then you will have better men. And they always say the same thing. They say, well, when I used to have lower standards, I didn't get as high quality men, but now I have higher standards. I get higher quality men. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. You know, if you're six foot four, you can say, well, when I didn't play basketball, I didn't play basketball, but now I play basketball, I can play basketball. <laughs> well, yes, I, I understand that. But the guy who's five foot two can't say the same thing. Well, when I didn't play basketball, I didn't play basketball. Now I play basketball, but of course nobody chooses me because I'm five foot two. Again, there's a couple of exceptions, but for the most part, right? Some guy with gorgeous hair, right? Like, well, when I wasn't a hair model, I wasn't a hair model. And then I raised my standards about being a hair model. And now I'm a hair model. It's like, well, you have that option because of your beautiful hair. Me, uh, not so much. I could be with a four picture maybe, but me, not so much, right? Just raise your standards. Just You have to just magically raise your standards, and, and next thing you know, you'll be getting higher quality partners. And it's like, nope, total lie. A total lie. I have one character bemoan this. This absolutely beautiful guy in my latest novel, which you can get at freedomain.locals.com for free. My latest novel, this guy's like, uh, he's beautiful. And later on in the novel, when he begins to get some self-knowledge, he's like, I can't believe I ever told my friends to just be more confident. I mean, look at me. Ah, oh, just as, as if attitude somehow reshapes, like a guy who's 
giga chat with a billion dollars is like just be more confident. It's like no, that's not. That's just saying that that the money that you've made or the looks that you have, it's it's just it's a personal virtue. It's like no, it's not a personal virtue. If you happen to be tall, great head of hair, strong jawline, whatever it is, right? And you happen to have, you know, not happen to if you've made or or inherited a whole bunch of money and and all of that. You have a lot of talent. And, and you, again, Leonardo DiCaprio has worked hard and he certainly doesn't have to, so good for him. But thinking that it's just a matter of attitude, we just have to raise your standards. You know, some, some people who are lawyers get paid $1,000 an hour. If you talk to a guy right out of high school with no real work experience and you say, hey, man, I'm a lawyer. I make $1,000 an hour. But so you don't accept less than $1,000 an hour, man. You just have to raise your standards. Don't accept less. Don't accept less. That would be incredibly destructive. And it would be the fantasy that it's just my refusal to accept less. It's the only reason I get paid $1,000. It's terrible. It's so destructive. Vanity and greed is uh, it's just hideous. All right. Well, I uh, let's see here. I think I will, uh, just to have a brief uh, show today, I just wanted to drop in and share my thoughts about this uh, stuff. But uh, thanks, everyone, for dropping by today. Freedomain.com slash donate if you'd like to help out the show. I really... I'm going to um, start gathering more resources to start producing the truth about PowerPoint to show us the truth about presentations again. And uh, if you liked those, if you could help me out, because they're pretty expensive to produce, a lot of research. And if you could help me out at freedomain.com slash donate, I would appreciate that. You can drop by freedomain.locals.com and join a great community for free. You can use the promo code, all caps, UPP2022, for a free month. You can get all of the premium shows, premium call-ins, History of Philosopher series, nine-part series, and you can also get my last book. So thanks everyone so much. Have yourself an absolutely wonderful day. Lots of love from up here. Take care. I'll talk to you soon.